but it's different. Like at least Atlanta gives us like a really dope ass culture or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta gives us a really dope culture and just some very unique shit. Florida, I mean, it gives us a pretty cool culture, but Florida people are the worst. Like the crimes down in Florida are the weirdest shit. Like there was a we'll get we'll get back to your story. We'll get back to it. But there was a dude down here in Florida where he called the police because he said that him and his best friend got into a fight and his friend put out a gun on him and all that. So he called the police. The police show up and the dude's by himself. They're like, there's no one here. What are you talking about? He said, <laughs> no, Smiley's doing this. And they said, Smiley. And then they come to find out, it's Smiley's this nigga's imaginary friend. He called the police. Oh, wow, okay. On his imaginary friend. He called the police on his imaginary friend. But then while the police was there, they found a bunch of meth and guns, so they arrested this dude. So, <laughs> so he basically called the police. That's Florida shit. That is some <laughs> Florida shit. So when you say you saw the man have Florida tags, that sounds dangerous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you just have to be on the on the lookout now, especially at nighttime. And I hate to say, it, even with the holidays coming up, and that's another thing. Atlanta holidays. Has- Full of scammers. I don't give a damn what nobody said. <laughs> Atlanta, I'm so sick of scammers with all these Ponzi schemes. You buy this, you think you get in a regular conversation with someone in the grocery store, they're trying to sell you a damn waist trainer. I'll be like, <laughs> oh my god. Why is scamming like why is scamming so popping these days? This is what I feel like. Cause and I really say like, cause I've been back, I can't I moved back uh June 2016. And scamming, I would say scamming has really picked up within the last two years. It really has. Instagram, people, I'm not going to say bundles is like a scam because it's not. But it, like, uh, it's depending just, on who's doing it, it's a scam. Who's doing it, and nobody want nobody wants to work for real. And I get that because I'm tired of working. I swear. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> like school took it all out of me. I'm tired now. I'm certified. Damn. But um. I swear, I'm with you. People want something for nothing, and it's just like scam shit. See, that's the that's the difference, though. Like, I mean, people ain't no, but no one wants to work. But the difference now today is people they they're in like they feel like they're entitled to having this really good life without working. Like, now you got to work for that shit, right? People think that they can just make a couple hashtag and like three social media posts, and then they're like, yo. I'm about to make it now. Like that's not how it works, fam. Like it's so, a little yeah. style links, little club. Appearance. Yeah, like scamming is pop. <laughs> scamming is popping, yo. Like this girl, <laughs> this girl wrote me onto the soul. This girl wrote me in my DMs probably back in like we'll say probably April. She wrote me in my DMs, random. She had like popped up on my timeline. I retweeted her, said something. And then you know how it goes. Like y'all just say y'all say little shit to each other for like four or five days, for a week, two right, weeks, or whatever. Right. And then she finally jumped in my DMs one morning and she said something slick. I said something to her and we started talking for a little bit. And mm-hmm. so we exchanged numbers. So we text for a while and then we was talking on the phone and then we was FaceTiming. So we probably was doing this, like she did that late April. We was probably doing this until June. So mm-hmm. it's it's the end of August now, and I haven't talked to I hadn't talked to this chick since early June. I never met her. I only talked to her over Twitter, Facetime, text, all of that shit. Right. She randomly writes me on Twitter, and she has my number at that. She randomly mm-hmm. writes me on Twitter and sends me this long message about how 
she doesn't have any money. She ran out of gas. She's just trying to get back to she's trying to get back to her city and she needs ten dollars for gas. Can I help her out? And she sends me this long sob story. So I'm staring at it. Like I was probably staring at it for like 12 minutes. Like, is she serious? Cause I'm like, do you not have somebody else? Like, we don't even know each other. Like, I don't even remember her name, yo. Like, I try I tried to search, I tried to look her up in my phone so I could text her. And I couldn't even find her name because I don't remember it. Like, I should have saved her name as Twitter girl, but I don't remember her name. So, so, so she, uh, so I wrote her back and said, and I put, are you for real? And she said, I don't ask nobody for shit. First of all, that's the type of thing. Niggas hey, don't who pop say, off on me. Yeah, like, niggas who say, I don't ask nobody for shit. That's something that someone says when they're about to ask you for shit. So, like, get out of here. But she's like, I don't ask somebody for shit. Yeah, I uh, I would never like to ask you for this, but I really didn't. I'm like, bro, we haven't talked in two months, and I've never met you. We don't know each other. It would have been better off just asking you for $10. But the thing is, she probably sent that message uh, to a lot of people, just asking for $10, which is very yeah. hard. But yeah, like I'm pretty sure, but you ain't you ain't scamming me, yo. You're not about to scam me. Like, and then I go on Twitter, and this chick, two minutes after she's uh like asking me for help, she's posting pictures with some nigga at the mall and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, she's posting tweets and posting pictures with niggas and shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, yo. Like, I've already like when we used to talk, you already told me about your past and how you used to be a uh she she was a she was a thug ass chick for real. Like she's the type of chick that cause she definitely invited me to come down. She's like, you should drive down here because she lives like four hours away. She's like, you yeah. should drive down, come see me, blah, blah, blah. She's the type of chick that would like set that you up and up. get you robbed. Set up, I'm telling you. And even with sending months, she probably would have gave you a little link. Yeah, went to somebody's bank account, and you would have and she would have had your information. Hey, scammers are smart, though. I'll give you that. I swear. Niggas is smart these days, yo. Nah, I'd rather go to college, bro. Shit, scamming is hard. Scamming is hard. Like, you got to be creative as hell. And then you probably going to go to jail, my nigga. Like, it ain't worth it. I'd rather pay these, I'd rather pay $30,000 $30, in student loans than go to jail for five years. Oh, yeah. Like. In there one night. Like, bro, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not made for jail. Like, I have no problem telling people the truth. Like, there is no, I'm not built for jail. Like, if they told me, all right, Will, you got to do a weekend in prison, <laughs> I might, I, I might think about killing myself. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm not, actually not might. I will think about killing myself. I will, as soon as they tell me, all right, Will, you got to do 72 hours in jail, I'm like, 72 hours, all right, like, how can I cut my throat? Like, I would think about that shit. <laughs> I'm not built for jail. Yeah. That, that. And, then, and to me like I could not um, you have to be built for that type of stuff like the life that I live right now I'm built for it like if it was my first inclination but oh let me scam I'd be good at it but it's not my first <laughs> inclination you have to stick to what, what you you know what works best for you that's why scammers are successful because that's all they know that's all they're interested in I'm not interested in that yeah, niggas is high tech on they scamming now too. They go to techno uh, they doing shit over technology now. They getting all your bank account like when if niggas put this shit to something positive and productive, they could be rich on that end, but they rather do this shit and just scam people 
all the time. Like this shit's wild. Like, did you hear about those? It was some some twins, I guess, that are like popular or something over social media. They're like cute as hell, I guess. And so they'd be like fucking with celebrities or something. And apparently they was like with on some website, they're like basically old rich men can get on there and find some young chicks to have sex with and go out on dates with, I guess. And they got on this. And so they got connected to him and they like got his credit card numbers and shit and like got like up up to like $10,000 worth off his credit card. They used it to buy like trips to different cities and go on vacations and and buy all these clothes and shit. I heard about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, shoot, these chicks is facing like I think these chicks is facing like four to six years in prison. Like, was it worth it, money? Was it worth it? Your little year and a half of being popping on social media and traveling and eating good food is that worth it? A year and a half of all that to go to jail for four to six years, or even if it's just two to three or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, but that like you was popping on. I guess you was popping on social media for a little bit for the people who care about that shit. Right, I know and, I don't. Yeah, like, and the only reason I heard about that because someone retweeted it, and I thought the story looked interesting, so I read it. I'm like, this shit is fucking awful. I'm not built for that. Like one of the girls from, um, I just found out about this group like a month ago, but I like them city girls. What's the name? TJ. Oh uh, yeah, ain't that them Florida chicks? Because all them Florida girls be listening to that ratchet shit. <laughs> yeah, and one thing about it, I will say I do like their style. It reminds me of old school Trina. And especially nowadays, it's like, like they're real raw with it. They know? raw as hell. And some of it is too raw, but that's just <laughs> that's just me. But I like that. I like that they uh, speak their truth. Word. Like they, what they say, they they get it out the mud. They keep on saying they're from the bottom. True. <laughs> and that's true. But um, yeah, she's in jail. She's By saying she going to jail. Yep, she's in there right now. But say before she got started, she used to do fraud or something scam. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell like and then it sucks too because they just now like starting to really pop and kind of like off. blow it's up off. and one thing i will say um because i think the other girl name is miami or something she i think tj is the best rapper out of the group ain't it two of them mm-hmm. okay. yeah well shoot well damn see was it worth it because now y'all career is about oh. to start popping and then you got to go to jail for like a year and a half, two years, and you don't know what that's gonna do to y'all's uh, group. And because y'all just now about to like, not maybe not blow up, but they about to go to that next level of yeah. getting some like to getting some fame and notoriety. And now look what happens. So I'm not about that that fraud life. Like you got to keep looking over your shoulders for that shit. I'm too scared of karma. I'm always thinking about karma. Yeah, and then to me it's like I understand like. Cause I don't know their situations, nor do I, nor do I know scammer situations. Like if it's right. coming out of a situation where you're trying to eat, I understand that too. But it's kind of like limits there too, you know? Yeah, because you can't screw over good people who ain't do nothing to you. Like, right. like at least be like Robin Hood, like steal from <laughs> the rich or steal from steal from the shitty people. Right. Don't right. don't get over on a nigga like us who's just just working like has a nice career just like enjoying life we not doing too much don't have a whole lot of money but we good people don't try to scam us nigga go scam someone who's a shitty ass person screwing over other people right keep the scam keep the scammer money with circulating within the scammer community (laughs) yeah yeah just get like don't scam a civilian only scam other scammers 
Like, scam other scammers. Why are you fucking with us? Like, bounce back real quick. Yeah, like if you <laughs> like if you a scammer and you get scammed, I feel like because now that person can't go to the police to tell them what happened because they're also a scammer. So you mm-hmm. you keep that in the scammer world. And then you just go and find a way. All right, then I'm gonna scam them. So then y'all just keep scamming each other for like ten years, right? Why wouldn't you do that? That actually that would make a good movie, to be honest. Like like that, a ocean, or like a ghetto Ocean's Eight or something. Yeah, like that, like a yeah, like a hood ass <laughs> Ocean's Eight. It's called like it's called Lake Nine or <laughs> Bayou Twelve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The the River Four. <laughs> hey, it's been a while since we had a good a good hood movie come out for real. I Damn, think I think that's true. Movie. I don't think it's been a good hood movie since Belly. And then what was some Damon Dash movies? Paid in Full was good. Paid in State Property. Hell yeah, them things were good. What I mean, All About the Benjamins was after uh Belly though. That was a good hood movie. Yeah, but it was like a hood drama. Like, oh, a hood drama. What was the last yeah. really good hood drama? Oh, well, I'm not gonna. This wasn't like really good, but remember that movie with the gang, Tyrese and Megan? Oh, Waist Deep. Oh, Waist Deep was good. Yeah. You think it was Lorenz that good? Tate. It was kind of, kind of. I learned. You only think it was good because Lorenz Tate was in it. Y'all think he's fine? Because so if anything he gets involved, come on, that's old dog. Come on. He's but y'all also think he's fine too, though. Right. He's, he's gonna. <laughs> His little milk dud head ass getting on my nerves and power though for real. Damn, what was the what was the last good hood drama though? I can't even I wonder if you Google like hood movies, what comes hey, up. Prominent, prominent hood drama. Yeah. Hey, this is old though, but Players Club, bro. That's my favorite movie. Oh my God. Players Club? Yes. Training Day was after that. That's a hood movie. Eh, it's kind of a hood movie, but it's kind of a different Hollywood. Yeah, it's Hollywood. Baby Boy? No, that's a hood movie, though. Baby Boy is, a, is very hood. Shoot up. Hood tragic. Bruh. No, the best part, the best part of Baby Boy, well, one of my favorite parts is when Snoop Dogg steps on the little kid's uh, fort. He said, you think I give a... F- I mean, fuck your fort, little nigga. Like... You ain't my son, little nigga. Like, God dang, that's brutal. God. Imagine someone say, imagine your mama's letting this nigga sleep in your house and he says that to you. You ain't my son, nigga. Like, God dang. That's all. Oh, and then, shoot, 8 Mile. 8 Mile was a hood-ass movie, though. Eight, yeah, I, I like 8 Mile. Oh, yeah. I held my attention from the beginning to the end. And his freestyle at the end was one of the top five ever. Yeah. And yeah. oh, uh, get rich or die trying. That was a that's one of my favorite hood movies, though. 50 Cent, say what you want, but I like 50 Cent. I mean, he's a crappy person, but 50 Cent is a shitty person, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's not far from his character at all. On no, he's entertaining, he's a shitty person, but he's entertaining. Yeah, he is. So. Oh, what about uh, ATL? Damn, yeah, I forgot about ATL. Hey, ATL was good. It was. It was really good. Like it was really good, especially when they talk about like the trap and all that stuff. And I think it showed how close it really is to everyday life and how easy it can be. Yeah, yeah, so, true that. I like. I kind of. I low key feel like people that are from Atlanta when they make movies about Atlanta. That's one of the few like 
places and cultures where people are like, man, they, they got it right. That is Atlanta. Because you see, like, when people make movies based on about Chicago and stuff, people are always like, that, don't, that ain't the Chicago I'm from. But and people, Atlanta people seem like they get it right in movies or TV well, I shows. Think, I think it has a lot to do with proximity because Atlanta is not a big city at all. Atlanta is a circle. It's very, very small. You can loop Atlanta and I'll say like 45 minutes. And um, you said, see, see, you that's how I know you from a place like Atlanta because Atlanta is not small, Negro. Like you said, you can loop Atlanta in 45 minutes. But then you go to one of these actual small cities, like Bowling, like we was in Bowling Green. Nigga, you can loop Bowling Green in 20 minutes. Like, yeah, you sure can. Now, that's small. Small is like Tallahassee. Tallahassee probably takes, see, the difference is Tallahassee, I mean, Atlanta is crowded. Atlanta has a lot of people. So Tallahassee, Tallahassee area wise is pretty big. But with the population of people, it's not big. So yeah, it might take a while to loop around Tallahassee, but it's not as much traffic to loop around. In Atlanta, when you loop around, you got to deal with the traffic. True. <laughs> but and anyway, but go ahead, go ahead. To clarify, I live on the South Side. Like I grew up in like Cobb and Clayton. So it's like you got like inside of the perimeter and then you got outside of the perimeter. How come so I never I never meet anyone that says that when they say they're everybody, they'll say they're from Atlanta, but then they never are actually from right He's in Atlanta. Not in Kentucky, I'll say okay, Atlanta, because you know I know I say oh I live in Clayton, but when you hear like oh what side of town you live on, okay, South Side, West Side, East yeah. Side, okay, no, but I make that distinction because it's, I don't I don't live in Atlanta. I never did live like in the city. I live I always live in like Cobb and Clayton and stuff, so. Yeah, that's what I heard everybody say. But anyways, you were saying you can loop around Atlanta in 45 minutes. Yeah, and it's just and it's just like, I don't know, it's not hard. Like, everyone has to interact with the city at some point in time. You're going to uh, have to come in touch with the ghetto at some point in time. You know, like, um, my old job was on Metropolitan Hell. My job now, I'm right there, you know, right downtown. Like, <laughs> I'm watching myself as I go to my car because homeless people could be in the parking garage. Word so up. You're gonna see the city, so um, I think for those who interact with it daily, you can kind of tell when somebody has missed their mark or when somebody has um, uh, got it on point. Like Snow on the Bluff, that was a good movie, even though I think it was dramatic as hell. And it was I, like they made it seem like it was real when a lot of that shit was like fake. Well, not fake, but like, well, yeah, fake because they wrote it. They wrote it. Think about it. I'm not like a, a, a trapper or nothing like that, but not nobody about to show their face. Hell no, no. Is gonna do that. Come not on. a real trapper. No, because you're getting money regardless. So what do you need to do with a movie? I think so, with Atlanta, the reason why people can get it right if you're from that area because it's a very distinct culture. So like, I feel like there's certain cities or states that have just a very distinct culture that when you when someone names that area, people like have at least one or two things that come to mind. So right. with that with Atlanta, it's a very distinct culture. You think you can think about back in the day with snap music and stuff. You can go right. back further than that and think about That's like the uh R and B music that came out of there like TLC, Usher. You can think about Ludacris, Outcast. So you can just think about hip hop and you know all the things. And then Babyface was doing so many things in Atlanta. 
So, right. and then it just has so much of black culture and it's very distinct. So, like, I'm even like back in the day growing up when I was in like middle school and going there, and I would see all the people walking around Atlanta with them long ass socks that would Bob strike. Socks? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Bruh, them long ass colorful socks. Yes. Bruh. God, yes. And feelers. Dog, yes. Reeboks yes. a player. I ain't gonna lie. Reeboks has come back. Now, you used to didn't want Reeboks. I remember and that hey, time. Everybody- I remember that time frame when niggas didn't want them. And that's why, that's why Atlanta has such a distinct culture from, from certain words, the way y'all talk, like 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 the way I pronounce things and shit, like it's very distinct. Like it's just it's certain things like you have chicken and waffles. You think about that in Atlanta. The strip clubs, you think about that in Atlanta. Diamond croquettes and grits. Like we in Walmart marketing is something. In the Walmart, they'll have grits and salmon croquettes side by side on a special. Y'all eat that oh. together? Uh, oh hell yeah. Breakfast. See, that's mm-hmm. funny though, because back home in Louisville, we eat salmon croquettes, but moving down here in Florida. It's not that many people that even know what a salmon croquette is. They don't know, like, I probably, I would say 90% of the people that I'm cool with that I have met don't know what a salmon croquette is, but they fucking love grits. And they get mad at me when I say I don't like grits. Because I didn't grow up eating it, especially in Louisville. In Louisville, nigga, we ate things like cream and wheat, and we ate white rice with sugar and butter. Louisville is an interesting place geographically. Like it really is. Like I wouldn't classify y'all as South, and I really wouldn't classify y'all as Midwest. We got Southern ways. Neutral for real. Yeah, like Louisville is more Louisville. I feel like the Louisville I grew up in, anyways, is more Midwest, but with a lot of the Southern like traits and characteristics. So we take things from because where we are. We, we're like the gateway to different regions because of where we are. So we take up, so unfortunately, Louisville, I don't feel like we always had our own very unique uh, culture. We ended up taking small things from every other culture, which is actually kind of cool, though, I guess, if you think about it, because we took small things from like 10 cultures and then developed develop those things into our own culture. So right. that's, that's actually pretty cool, though. But yeah, like we didn't, we don't necessarily just have our own culture. We developed it from every other place. So, yeah, growing up, I ate white rice with sugar and butter. We ate cream of wheat. We ate salmon croquettes all the time. Like, we ate white rice with breakfast, dinner, or lunch. The same way people down here do, down here in Florida, would do grits, or especially, like, the Hispanics and Haitians. Them niggas eat brown rice and or beans with breakfast, lunch, or dinner I a lot of times. Oh my God, I've been um, killing this Jamaican restaurant. I've, it's like I've been eating it every week. <laughs> I, I love, love some Jamaican food. I, I fell in love with that when I moved down here. Man. I love some good ass Jamaican food. Like, I was like, moving down here has shown me so many things that I was missing out on. Like, just seeing a whole new culture and culture, people immersed in their own cultures. Cause it's yep. like, in, I'm sorry to cut you out. No, you good. Go ahead. But it's like, and even here, like, well, it's like, I even say here in Atlanta, like in Atlanta, if you black, you could be Haitian, um, Afro-Cuban, whatever. If you, if your skin, if, if you present as black, oh, you just black. Right. In places like New York, I'll say uh, certain parts of Florida, place, places where you retain your culture, 
you see people immersed in their old culture, like, oh, they're Jamaican, oh, they're Guyanese, right. oh, they're from Brazil. So. Yep. Yeah, that's like I've learned. And I mean, I live in North Florida where it's not the same culture-wise. Like, Florida has three different states. South mm-hmm. Florida, Central Florida, North Florida. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all of them are their own cultures. But because I'm up here where there are big universities, you get people who move up here for college. A lot of them come from South Florida. Then you get people like me who are young professionals that move from all over the country. So now you have a nice mixture of probably probably from just the group of people that I connect with on a weekly basis, you got like 10, 12 different cultures represented because you might have regular black folk like me who are going to be, who are from Louisville and then black folk like from New York, from North Carolina, from California. Like you have that, but then you go deeper into it. You have the black folk that grew up in South Florida, but their first generation America where their parents are Haitian, their parents are Jamaican. Then you get the people who are Cuban and who are Dominican. Like you don't um, down here in Florida, you don't get a lot of Mexicans. A lot more uh, Mexicans are usually out in Texas, 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 California, Chicago, New York. It makes sense geographically. Yeah, but like actually, Chicago has I think the second highest number of Mexicans in the country. But yeah, they have like they have a high number of Mexicans. So down here, we don't get a lot of Mexicans, but it's a lot of Cubans, it's a lot of Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and things like that. Like, and it's just really cool because when you get to be in Florida with all these people, they like they keep their culture. Like, and so you get like you get the culture you grew up in, you get that American culture, and you get the culture of these people who are first generation who totally have their cultures from where they're from. Right. So, so before I moved here, like I had never had an empanada before. Empanadas are fucking fire. Like right. empanadas are good as shit. I had never had that before. So that's good as hell. Like I'm seeing that all these different cultures cook rice and beans, but they make them in different types of ways. Right. So, so that's really cool. But then you also see that like first generation people, their mm-hmm. parent, their parents are strict as hell. I about to say they do not play. <laughs> Their parents don't play at all. Like the these because I think it's because if your parents moved over here and they barely had nothing and they got away from over there because they want to build something, they're gonna be strict and make sure, like, do y'all know what kind of opportunity y'all have? Y'all gotta make the most of this. So those parents how much it costs to come to America. I don't even know how much it costs to come to America, but I know it's expensive. Bro, it can't I mean it can't be cheap or easy. Moving out of your hometown, like it has changed me and I've grown so much just learning different cultures. And it's helped me see that, man, we're all so different. But even while we're all so different, we're all so similar at the same time, which is pretty cool. So I've grown up so much just because I've moved to a whole other. Yeah, yeah, you have to. So I guess that's my question with you. Like, you've definitely lived out of your hometown, like in a totally different place. Like, how do you think that has changed you or made you grow as a person well um i came to western when i was 18 so when she says y'all when she says western she means western kentucky university yeah which is uh, which is in the smallest city bowling green kentucky old money white people (laughs) but because of the university there's a lot of black folk there we had a good ass (laughs) she said how she you're stupid (laughs) Houses, they basically own the city of Bowling Green. <laughs> Everything in you know, But anyways, <laughs> anyways, Jazzy Bell came to WKU when she was 19, you said, right? Oh, 18. I, saw I mean, I, 18. 
the um a freshman and um I what brought me to Western was journalism. So I went to Western for four years and then well four and a half, so I changed my major. And then I went back to Atlanta for a year and a half and I went back to Western for grad school for two years. So basically So when did you go back to Western? I went back to Western uh fall twenty fourteen. I was there from fall twenty fourteen till May twenty sixteen. Then I moved back to Atlanta May twenty sixteen. Okay. But going there when I was eighteen, I was young, like fresh out of high school. So right. um I had that co- collegiate environment to um sort of shield me from the real the real world a little bit. And but, it definitely shields you, yeah. Yes, but I was up there on my own, for real, for real. Like I had one friend who I met like once. Um uh who I met once and then we became really close my sorrow hey girl um, <laughs> so was you so was it your first time being that far away from home hell yes well I went there for a journalism program for two weeks in uh summer 2006 no summer 2007 no summer 2006 okay I went journalism program and then I realized that I wanted to go to Western but with my mom and my family dropped me off you know, nobody had to say it, but I knew, okay, you're not about to be going home every five minutes because right. it's enough to get you up here. So whatever you need, you need to be real efficient with it. And if somebody give you some money, you need to hang on to it. But it just matured, right. helped me to pay more attention to my surroundings, definitely uh, made me take advantage of the resources that I had. It made me watch the people who I had around me for sure because I had a friend, um, we came to Western together. She went to a different high school here Um in Atlanta, but she didn't go back. Uh, she didn't return the second semester. So I was up there on my own for real. And it really became evident. But as far as like life wise, I enjoy being from somewhere different where I can tell people about where I'm from instead of having to people tell me about where they're from all the time and make you realize that the world is bigger. And it makes you, um, it makes you, uh, not scared to explore the world. Like I'm right. Anna, but I want to move again in two years. Like you can always come home. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Like it does make you want to just when you make a big move on your own, and then you realize, okay, I can do this. This is hard. I can meet people. Like I can adapt to this. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you want to see everything else. So, mm-hmm. how um, how long did it take for you to really meet people, and how did you meet people? It didn't take me long to meet people. I knew um, three girls coming in. Uh, we went to the exposure journalism workshop. So um, it was like one, two, three, four. Four of us attended Western from that workshop. Um, I met um, then my friend, now my sorority sister. I knew her because she um, she's from Atlanta. She uh, met with me before I went to Western. And I was in student support services, so um, my mentor, student support services, hooked me up with one of my best friends now. So I think I just met people naturally, and then you know you had master plan. That's when all the niggas meet. So <laughs> this is true. When everybody that right. when, when everybody all the freshmen get there, what like a week before school starts, yeah. so you get on campus early or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So, but do you think that it's you have to? Yeah, you met them naturally, but it's like you still had to step out to do that because, like you say, you worked at student support services and met them through somebody. So you had to be out there, like doing you something. Had to. Yeah, like you can't just be. In you your go. Room. Yeah, yeah. You can't just go to your room. You can't just go to lunch or go to class and then go to your room because, 
like you it's weird because people will tell themselves but i can't meet nobody here but they don't put themselves in a position because it's easy yes yeah yeah. if you put yourself in position to do it it's easy but you have to be open to it because i know like for me when i moved to florida like and you know me i never meet a stranger i can talk to anybody but it was it was definitely different because now I'm a grown up. Like I was out of college, out of grad school. I'm in the professional world. I ain't know nobody except for my boss. And I didn't want to be bothering her. I mean, she married with kids and all that. So I won't be bothering her and stuff. So I felt like so alone, but it, it helped me realize that I met people before and became built relationships so easy. I never had to work for it. Like before, when I was like, think about me being in college at WKU. You know how many niggas from Louisville was at WKU? So it was a lot of people from Louisville. So I was easily, I was able to connect with people easily because they was from Louisville. Then I meet other people through my Louisville friends and all of that. And so I never had to work to meet people. Like, my, you know, my spot became the place where everybody would just come over and party and drink and do all that. So remember, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we had, like, I tell people all the time, like, yo, Y'all think y'all know house parties, but didn't nobody throw house parties like us? Like, how many niggas you know in college, in college, was throwing house parties where they was having trays of chicken wings and and coolers (laughs) of liquor and fruit and all that, nigga? Nigga, we had trays of wings at our house parties. Niggas weren't doing that back then. Like, niggas might do it now, but I really am, like, I really am for the culture, y'all. Like, niggas need to realize... I really because it wasn't nigga like we had popping house parties back in the day. Like nigga, that shit was live. If we would have charged a dollar a head for that, then mm-hmm. we would have made about three hundred something dollars from a lot of house parties. But y'all was popping in Zachariah Hall too. Was it? Yeah, Zachari- we were. We were Zachari- though. Huh? We we really were. Um, Zacharias or Zachariah. I don't know what they. Say. I think it was Zach- you said Zachariah like an old slave. Zachari- <laughs> Damn, it's been too long. Zacharias. Because I remember when I was talking to you-know-who. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say no names. Give them free promo. <laughs> I would come visit. And this when I was in Poland. And I was like, they out here grilling this shit? Like, <laughs> this shit? <laughs> they got the water guns. And then when I moved in the next semester, it was live. Like, Thursday night, even I didn't really, I didn't party Thursday night, but like, let it be a good party at the pavilion. Niggas was rolling blacks and shit. Like, it was <laughs> this shit. The, the lobby was even high. Bruh, like, it was like, I forgot about that. Nah, we did used to grill in front of the door. Nah, that was some real hood shit, yo. Right. I was like, like oh, it's <laughs> <good> shit. Bruh, <laughs> I remember being out there grilling and shit. Man, we used to grill out in front of her playing Uno and grilling in front of the dorm like we was back in the neighborhood or something. <laughs> like, I mean, shit was hood. I be telling people all the time, like, those first, those early years at WKU, like, pre, pre what, 2010, 2011, like, it was hood, yo. <laughs> I, Niggas was fighting for real. The uh, the, the Louisville, Nashville beach. Oh, that was so annoying, yo. Like, it was a, and, and being from Georgia, like, I'm neutral, so I'm like, y'all, like, dumb as hell. Like, it, it was, was dumb. It was just stupid. Oh, it was so dumb. But, it was fun shit, but it was about to say, yeah, it was dumb and hood and shit, but it was fun because I remember shit like that shit was so hood. I remember on a Friday, you know, usually around Friday on campus around like three, 
like things are dying out and like class is over. I remember everybody would be in front of uh, a PFT and everybody yeah. PFT is like the tallest building in Bowling Green. I think it's one of the tallest buildings in, Kentucky. In, the, in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if not the tallest, it's one of the tallest buildings mm-hmm. and it's a dorm with how many floors is on that shit? Seven. I used to live on the 17th. God dang. How many floors was it? 27. Got like 27 floors. Jay-Z Bell lived on the 17th and they had everybody in this building. Like everybody was in this. And I remember on a Friday evening, it now it's, it's probably like five, six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Man, we just walking around campus. We walk by, it's probably like 60 niggas standing outside in front of PFT. Bro, somebody will have a grill. Somebody's grilling. There's niggas out here with Rockwellers. Black. Bro, niggas, <laughs> niggas is out here with Rockwellers and pit bulls on chains. <laughs> They are here, bro. They are here rolling blunts and shit. <laughs> Niggas is playing dominoes and spades. Like white kids were scared to walk by. Like, I didn't like walking by, hey, because it was popping with the uh, Popeyes and Edie's ice cream. Oh get shit! Before it closed, I used to hate walking by because somebody is bound to say something crazy to you. You may have to cuss somebody. Yep. It was ah. Uh, remember when Obama yeah. got elected? Oh my god, that was that I was so disappointed because you pumped about this really dope shit, but it was so hood. I remember the night Obama got elected, we go outside and it's hundreds of people out in front of PFT, niggas to pull their cars up, and they had on repeat young Jeezy, my president is black. I remember Bruh, they had they had that shit on repeat. I think my president is black played for like an hour straight after he I remember. When he got elected, we was in the dorm and they announced it. And me and my roommate, everybody, Isaiah, we ran around the dorm yelling, just my president is black, just yelling around the dorm. And the little white chick at the front desk, I couldn't stand that little hoe. And Oh, Maggie Hershey. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it. I had to cuss her out. I had to cuss her out. I said. I hated that little hoe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a little red-headed polka dot bruh. face helpful, bruh. She, she looked I like... Think, she, I was, bruh, go ahead. She was the white version of D.W. Arthur's little sister, y'all. Bruh, I had she to legit was, her out. I believe... I feel like you... I feel like I remember this, kind of. Legit. Legit cuss her out. Yep. Like, she was trash as hell. She got so mad at her. We running around tomorrow. My president is black. And she's like, guys... I'm gonna have to call PD if you don't. If you all don't quiet down, I'm gonna call PD. You can't just run around yelling because a black man won presidency. I'm gonna call the police. And I remember Ricky yells, "Call the popo ho!" <laughs> I love him, bro. She, he said, "Call the popo ho!" And she got me. She started crying. It was so weird. She started crying, and I remember someone yelled. I don't know who. Someone yelled like. Don't we don't give a shit about your racist ass crying? Go wipe them weak ass polka dots off your face. I was like, God dang, that was why did y'all call her Franco's polka dots? I'm dead. Dog, she's weak as shit. I just remember going outside and people got their trucks pulled up on the uh line and shit, and people are out there jamming to my president is black all night, yo. Like that was a crazy night when he got elected. Shout out to WKUPD because they really let us have it that night, they let us do it. Yep, they was like, man, just let them do their thing. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. They let us do it. That would not happen. And then the vibe was so different on campus the next day. You can tell, like, 
those white kids were mad. They were mad. <laughs> they were. <laughs> like, because to me, you know, it's like, um, if a you know if a, a person is white if, if, they're, if they're biracial with white and black black people know okay hell they black because <laughs> it's black but white people I have never heard somebody say so much you know he's white too he's oh white my god too. they did used to say that back in 07 and 08 all them the well you know he's he's white I'm like y'all don't give it y'all know y'all, y'all don't know. give a shit about he's white like get the fuck out of here like, and you know <laughs> they didn't that's you know, claim my cousin then. Bruh, like, you know they didn't claim he was white for real because they wouldn't have voted for Donald Trump after Barack if they really said he was white. Like, they know he wasn't white. That's so funny. Yeah, they was all yelling at. Like, man, that was a totally different time back then because I remember, like, every, and I remember everybody was wearing black the next day when he got elected. Like, it was niggas wearing black all over campus. Like... That was, hey, that was was some good times, man. Like, college, people, young, I tell young people all the time, man, y'all don't understand, college is really shielding you from a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. It shields you from that because, like, bills ain't nothing to joke with, yo. (laughs) And then traveling to see your friends, all my friends were literally, either they were in the valley, or they were uh, (laughs) on main campus, or they were in the gate. Having to travel to see your friends, that's the hardest part, I think, to me. It's some of my friends I haven't seen since, like, 2016, maybe later. It's really, like, that's really hard. Yeah. Like, really hard. No, I totally agree. And I tell people all the time, like, that's one of the hardest things when you move away. Because you can tell people who are really your friends and your loved ones. Because only the people who really care about you are going to put in that work to see you. Because when you're in college we're all doing kind of the same type of things. We all live in that same bubble. We're all trying to get good grades and pass this test and write this speech and work our jobs and internships. And we want to graduate and we want to party and have a good time. So everybody has the same type of goals at that time, all live in the same type of bubble. But when, when you move away 500 miles from almost everybody, you know, like you see the people that put in that work because you never had to put that work in when you're all on campus. Like, to be honest, think about it. When you're all on campus, you don't really have to put a lot of work in. Like, y'all all live, what, at the most, at the most 15 minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. We was all, mm-hmm. fi- at the most, we was 15 minutes from each other. So we're all right there. It doesn't take a lot of work to go see each other, to get drunk together and all that. But let you move 500 miles away, you see the people who don't even know how to, like, text you, to call you, like, to support you in the things you do just to check up on you. So you appreciate that a lot more when you see those people like, damn, man, like, because we all got our own life now. So you live in different cities, a lot of times different time zones, and you got all these different jobs, and you might still, some people are still taking class and all that. So you got all these different schedules. It's a whole lot harder to maintain a friendship and a relationship now when you get to this age. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, this shit's a whole lot harder, but it makes you appreciate those people who put that work in, though. I got some friends now, and I feel they pain because my job is, my current job right now is different from my previous job um, because I have to work weekends at times. Well, like a Saturday. Yeah. You know, I travel. If I'm coming to Kentucky, I really like to leave on like a Friday, if not like a Thursday. But I say, I'm trying to leave on a Thursday. Right. On a Thursday. And it's like, it's so, some of my friends have a hard time understanding. I'm like, I can't travel like I used to. You know what I'm trying to say? If I right. have two Saturdays out the month, 
when I'm not working and I already travel enough as it is with my job, it's hard. Like as much as y'all want to see me, I want to see y'all too. But it's like I got to take care of home first, and I'm in school again too, so that throws another wrench in it. So it's just, it's a lot. And it like, is. So you cannot move the same when you once you out here working and paying bills and stuff. You can't move the same. You can't. Hell no. You can't move the same at all. Like this shit. Like especially me. I'm down here at the bottom of the country. I'm in Florida. Mm -hmm. So, like people, I to like I'm I'm at that age now where like all my friends and people are getting married and all that and shit. And I want to come to your weddings and all that. But your wedding is seven is eight hours away from me. Nine hours away from me, and I'm all the way down here. And yeah. flights from down here is expensive as shit. First of all. Flying is expensive, period. Yeah, flying can be expensive. And, like, you got grown-up shit you got to worry about. Like me, I got to get my wisdom teeth taken out. I got, I got another wedding I'm going to. You got to worry about your car. You got to pay bills. You might be looking for another job. Or, like, or you be someone like me who's trying to do all these side businesses and all these creative shit that costs money. It costs money to, like, try to, to sell T-shirts. It costs money to build, to build this shit. Oh, so, yeah, I know. Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so people don't always understand that. And now I got so many friends that's getting married and shit. And I know some of them feel some type of way because I just can't make it to their wedding. I want to be there. But for some of these weddings, I just can't make it to. Like, and then I got my job where there's certain times where I literally can't take can't, off the stairs. Yeah. You already know what it is. And then just because you have the time don't mean you should take off because... To me, I'm like, if you always off all the time and it's not like a major thing, that looks bad. To me, it right. looks lazy. So yeah, and I don't want to. This is like I was talking to my boss because I'm gonna go home to help my sister move to Atlanta because she's finally moving to Atlanta when she's there all the time, anyways. So mm -hmm. I mean, I met. I remember I met her like years ago. That's what's when up. she. You met her when she was first gonna move to Atlanta, and she was there for like a month or so. Ended up having to move back. But I remember when you first met her because we was at the Gables in Bowling Green. Susie, we and when it raining and we were still at the pool. I just, I just, all I know, I was just drinking. <laughs> like most of our stories from college. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I'm like helping her. So I'm going to go home at the end of September. And like, because, well, I haven't been home to Louisville since uh, Christmas, since New Year's anyways. Mm -hmm. So, That's so, tough. and I, uh, I try to go home during the summer, but sometimes I just can't make it or whatnot. So I'm going to go home at the end of September and I'm going to help her move to, I'm going to spend a couple of days in Louisville, then help her move to Atlanta and spend like a couple of days in Atlanta and come back. But I'm going to end up being gone for almost two weeks. So I was talking about that to my boss today, and she's not tripping. Like, she doesn't, she's not tripping about that. But I'm like, I also don't want that to look bad on me that I'm gone that long. And I, yeah. And like, I also don't want to, uh, don't want to end up going back to work and I got 400 emails piled up or whatever. So now I know that. Planet. Ugh. Yeah, so I know that I'm going to have to work from home a couple of those times while I'm there because I can't just, like, not check my shit for two weeks. That's, like, now, if I did that during the summer, that's different. I could probably get away with that. I work in higher ed, so I can get away with that during the summer. But during the actual fall semester when shit is really going full bloom, right. uh, full bloom and going, I yeah. can't do that. So some, uh, some of your friends don't always understand that type of shit. And I'm like... I, I've learned as I've gotten older and stuff and become a grown up, man. I've learned that 
you don't always know what's going on in someone's life. And sometimes your friends just aren't going to tell you because they don't need to tell you. They got a lot going on. I had gotten into one of my friends, but not it got into it, but it, it frustrated me. Because I'm like, higher ed is a whole nother beast. It and is. I work, the entity, the entity that I work for is even more extreme because we travel a lot. And it's just like, I'm busy. Like, I love you, but I'm legit busy. When I'm not working, I want to chill. You know what I'm trying to like? People right. Are, like, I don't know, like, things are not always as easy as it seems, but it's just, like, the audacity of some people to just make, to be so selfish. Like, oh, you just don't want to come see me. Oh, you just not coming. No, things take money. Right. And money and time. Money and time. time. <laughs> they take, like, things take money, time, and energy. energy. And like you said, well, when you're not working, you want to chill. Because I tell, like, I'll have some friends that I'm cool with that are a little bit younger than me. So they're still in that mode where they just want to like party all the time and shit. So they'll get mad at me that like, I tell them all the time, look, if you're going to hit me up on a Friday, don't wait until no nine 30 to be like, yo, we're going to go out and do this. Like you got to hit me up early in the day. Cause if it's nine 30 on a Friday I mean, and I like, I'm probably in for the night. Like I'm a chick and getting booty rubs, baby. It's over. It's well, over, baby. I may not be getting the booty rolls, but hopefully I'm rubbing booties. So booty rolls with my body on. It's a wrap, baby. Yeah, like I mean, like true, low key, yo. Like I'm not like they give me like, bro, but you'll never want to go out. I'm like, I've done that shit so much that now I'm only gonna go out every once in a while. <clears throat> I don't want to go out <clears throat> all the time, and like especially when you working all the time. You working all week and you're around people that have just gotten on your nerves and annoyed yeah, you. Exhaust you. Oh my God. Yeah, like people yeah. are exhausting and draining and stuff. So by Friday, like you know how many times on a Friday morning I wake up and be like, man, I'm gonna go turn up this tonight. I'm gonna go out tonight. We're going to the club. And then by the time it gets 5 p.m. on Friday, I'm like, I'm gonna just stop. I'm gonna just stop by the liquor store, get something, <laughs> then I'm gonna go home and cook and drink, and I'm gonna just watch some movies. Like <laughs> that shit's rough. People don't understand, like. Like for me, it's I look forward to the weekends. I'm like, I can do what I want to do. Yep. I don't surround about anybody. Do you know how refreshing it is to come home and turn on the Oprah Winfrey Network and catch <laughs> all the shows that you missed? You know I understand. What it feels like to get a ten piece honey mustard extra wet fries with a peach drink. <laughs> you're not gonna be bothered. <laughs> you understand that? No, I feel you because I can relate to that. Because it's like when I like getting home and then seeing that. And that I haven't watched all of Shameless. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm just gonna binge watch Shameless, smoke some weed and eat some right. chicken and eat some chicken wings. This is gonna be a relaxing ass night, yo. Like I think I think a lot of times it's just that people people don't know how to look further than what's going on with their life. So sometimes I don't blame it's kind of human nature where people just assume that. Well, I'm doing this. I don't have this going on. So I'm sure that my friend Will is good. He can probably do this too. So sometimes people just don't look further than the trees, basically. And they don't right. understand that, like, people are busy. And it's just the, I think it's difficult because so many people just use it as excuse. So when they actually hear someone actually said, I'm sorry, I've just been really busy. Mm-hmm. They they think that you're playing them to the side and putting them off. And it's like, no, like I am busy. And it's because and because I am, but yes, I do get some free time, but because I'm so busy and I'm exhausted. 
I'm ex- yeah, like I'm exhausted from being around people. I don't want to be around too many people now. I want to chill. Like it's tiring to have to work 40 plus hours a week and then get on the road and travel that weekend to drive somewhere three hours away. Like that can be tiring. Mm-hmm. Like that's tiring and shit. So like for me, that's why I tell people all the time, if I'm driving all the way up to Louisville, driving these nine hours or whatnot, I'm going to be there for at least a week. Oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like y'all bugging if y'all think I'm a drive. Like I got students who will drive out like South Florida, Miami is like seven and a half hours away. These kids will get off of work on a Friday at 12 o'clock and drive to Miami and come back Sunday evening. I used to do it when I was in grad school. Like, I would live, man. I feel like I was in Atlanta more in grad school. But Atlanta's not as far away from Bowling. I mean, it's still a nice drive, but it's not at that far. But just, like, thinking about everything I had going on. I had yeah. a GS. I was working uh, a part-time job. I would, like, take me an hour nap. Hop on the road probably around like midnight. I wouldn't dare do that now. Hell like, no. See, like, yeah, young people will do that shit, but now, hell no, I'm not doing that. Nigga be tired. <laughs> and then, honestly, looking at computers and stuff has changed my eyesight. Like, I can't do those dark roads at night. All those lights. Ooh, like, yes. I, I noticed that, like, the last time I drove from Kentucky, I was like, it's, this is really different now. I can't do it no more. Yeah, I think I might have to agree with that because I feel like it's like I feel like when I try to drive at night now, it does feel different because I've definitely been on the road at night back in college and it wasn't that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. now since I've like, I guess, been in the grown up world, it feels different if I've tried to get on the road when it's dark as shit. Like, but me, I'm the type of person that wants to get on the road early in the morning. I like getting on the road early <laughs> in the morning and shit. Like, I'm just I just can't do the same shit. And it's crazy because it's not like we that old, but like I feel like you get that that four to five year range and things change after that four to five year range. Like even with diet and stuff, like I watch what I eat, especially because I'm like, okay, you you know, you how can I like I notice that my body is changing and things like I'm gaining weight, not in a bad way, but it's like I notice I'm gaining weight. The way you gain weight is different now. Yeah, yes, the way I gain weight is different now. So, like, all that, um, I never been one for ramen noodles, but like, all those microwave dinners, that's not good. I'm looking at stuff like, is this high in sodium? Like, paying attention to what I eat. Yeah. I haven't had children yet, but I have to think about that. Like, how is this going to affect my yep. body? A lot. You, I mean, you have to move different, but I think that's just a part of um, getting older. And I think you would want to do so gracefully. Like, I see some hard 28 year olds out here. Oh, like, oh my gosh. Like, hard. 28 year olds and it's just like I don't want to look hard <laughs> bruh these niggas out here looking rough I be seeing some of my classmates posting pictures and I'm like god dang you niggas look rough as hell like Jesus yeah like, I'm looking niggas is niggas is losing hair like they out here like just looking rough as shit like I be and so that makes like so like me, I stopped eating all that microwaveable shit. I mean, you seen like the weight I've lost and all that. Yeah. So like, look- say what? I say you look good with the weight you lost. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. 
Mm-hmm. But like I stopped eating like back in probably 2012, I stopped eating all those microwavable dinners and, and stuff like I didn't eat that. I wasn't eating all that processed food. I stopped drinking like soda for real and all those sugary ass drinks and juices and stuff. And like and so I'm glad that I went ahead and started it like six years ago when I was 23 and 24 and stuff like I'm glad I went ahead and started that because that shit catches up with you. And you, you don't even notice that it catches up with you. You just look up and like, God dang, what did I do? Because like yeah. I said, like me and my homegirl was talking about this. We talking about like, uh, she's like, man, we aging like wine and I'm glad we taking care of our bodies because we got like friends and shit that are not taking care of their bodies. And it kind of, it get it kind of shocks me that some of these people, I guess they kind of hate, no, I don't want to say they hate on me or whatever. Cause I mean, I, I ain't like doing all that type of shit. But I get people who act like they're like, well, Will, all you do is just eat fried chicken and you still lost all this weight. I'm like, no, I, I post nigga. I'm out here working out. Like, bro, like, because I'm like, I sacrifice. I'm not out here just eating fried chicken. Like, yeah, I talk about wings a lot, but you do know you can bake chicken wings too, right? You know, you can grill chicken wings, nigga. Oven baked fried chicken. Like, but then that's what I do. I do oven baked fried, ch- oven fried chicken, but I don't. I don't eat fried food that much. Like I can count on my hands how many times I've had fried chicken this this year in 2018. I don't eat it and I don't eat sweets. Like I'm like I don't really I don't eat ice cream, baked goods, I love, candy. Yeah, I do all that. <laughs> I do all that. <laughs> it's worth sacrificing for and and losing weight, you have to sacrifice. Like you really do. Like I didn't want to give up fried chicken and and steak and pork and cheese and fried foods and and I mean I did it differently than a lot of people because I just cold turkey gave up a lot of shit. But that's I what did. worked though. Say what? I said that's what worked for you though. Like cold turkey, like I can't just mess with this no more. Yeah. Yep. I just and my fr- my homegirl trips up all the time. She was like, "How the hell did you just one day stop?" And I was like, "I don't know because I know that's different. I just cold turkey gave up all of that shit. I remember I went like seven months." Without drinking alcohol, I didn't drink any soda, I didn't eat cheese, no fried foods, no white bread, no Alfredo cheese, like, um, I get, but because I gave all that up, it helped me create it as a whole lifestyle change. And that's why I tell people diets don't work unless you're just trying to lose weight for one thing, because do what I did, I made a lifestyle change. And now I took, I took that in, I started doing that in what, 2012. And here I am in 2018, and I still live that lifestyle. It became almost an addiction, almost like that is just who I am now. So, but I did have to develop a way where, um, where I learned to uh, sometimes learn how to eat the shitty foods. Sometimes, <laughs> like you know, so like you you gotta eat that every once in a while. It feels good for the soul. It tastes good. Don't. And I, but yeah, yeah, don't overindulge in that shit. So that's where I got to. I don't overindulge in it. But I understand like that shit can be hard. And but it's a it's a sacrifice and it's worth it. It's a sacrifice that's worth taking because you're gonna look from a year from now and be like, damn man, that's what I look like. Like you make yourself so proud, and it's crazy how losing weight affects you mentally because it makes you feel like you really can accomplish like anything it makes you feel like limits don't really exist like i remember when i first started running i couldn't run a full mile Mm -hmm. like without stopping so before i remember the park that i would run in back in bowling green 
I can't remember how many times around was a mile, but I had met, I had, I had got it measured basically where I knew if I ran for this amount of time or this many steps, then I walk for this much, then I'm running for half the mile, then I'm walking for half of it. So I started out just running, walking, running, walking. Then it turned into running, running, walking, walking, running. Then it turned into running, 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 walking, running. And then it just turned in. And then I remember, I remember to this day, the first time I ran a full mile without stopping, I felt like I was going to accomplish anything. I felt so I pumped. Now, and it's like, I just have to stick with it. I know you do. I get into a routine. It's not bad. But I just, I just have to stick with it. But I do, it was one quote that said, if you can control what you put in your mouth, like if you can't, if you can't control what you put in your mouth, like what you, what you eat, then how can you control anything else? I do think it starts there. And I think oh, America, our culture, we operate in the excess of everything. Like you got to have everything when you want it. Yeah. And it's not a, um, I don't think American culture instills a sense of control like other cultures do. And I think that's evident, just like Americans, we're obese. You know what I'm trying to say? You see other people from like other countries and stuff. They're not as, uh, for lack of better words, fat as Americans, you know? We don't have a lot of self-control here. And like, I'm, I talked about this on a previous podcast. We was talking about, do we have too many options on everything? And you see why people are ha- have addictions and shit. Like, we don't have a lot of self-control. Like, we have all these things offered to us. But we don't know how to control ourselves without over-consuming on these things and stuff. And so, and the biggest thing probably is food. We over-consume in food. And people just out here walking around not giving a shit about their health or what they look like. And it's like, it's, it's like I was talking to my homegirl. I'm like, it's crazy because back in the slavery days, mm-hmm. our ancestors they was given the slops of food. Like they was given the leftovers of the food, which was oh. nasty. It didn't taste good. So right. they had to put a bunch of seasoning on it to make it taste just good enough to eat. Right. So right. the only reason they put all those seasonings on there was for it to taste good. Cause they was given the leftovers like pig intestines. We're not supposed to eat right. that shit, but we're yeah, don't. Oh my God. I, and people don't understand like, uh, oxtails is nothing but Caribbean slave food. I'm not eating that shit. Like all this shit. Ass, basically. Like a tail is above the ass. I don't want that. That's crazy. No, frog legs, like to be honest, this shit we're not supposed to be eating, but we're only eating it because of our ancestors, because they had to eat it. They're yeah. like black people are resourceful. Like slave people ancestors of slaves are resourceful. But we don't have to put all these seasonings on this food no more. Like right. we don't like we just stacking up sodium over sodium over sodium on the food we eat. That shit ain't healthy at all. Right. And so, so we're just so used to that because it's almost like it's embedded in us that that's what we do. When like, I remember like my homegirl was cooking a steak and this chick was putting all kind of seasoning on her. I'm like, you ain't got to put seasoning on a steak like that. Flavorful. All you need is salt and pepper. Bro, like the ju- the the uh, flavor is in the juice of the steak. To be honest, you can just put like yeah, like what you said, salt and pepper, or you can just put some uh, seasoned meat tenderizer on there, yeah. and that's all you need. Like, but like we don't know what the fuck. We got too many options. We overconsume it on all of this shit, and people are just fine with it because they just keep offering because all the unhealthy shit is cheap and it tastes good and it's fun. But we should know by now, like. Things that taste great are never should never be overindulged in. Like 
know better, you do better. And unfortunately, and I understand you have a lot of families to where if I'm gonna have to feed you hamburger helper for this full month, that's what I'm gonna do because I mean, yeah, I can get this ground beef. Like I haven't ate ground beef in in um in years. Like, what you eat? Ground turkey. Yeah. When you know better, you do better, but you have to also want to know to do better. Cause I know the yep. when I was in college, I went to the health department. I didn't go to the hospitals and stuff. And it's a lot of information right there in the health department. So I know these underserved communities, they have access to those things because yep. of services that's directed. As much as a lot of bad propaganda, um, a uh, black communities and other poor communities, there's also a lot of resources too. People are fine with, like the ignorance is bliss. Like people are fine with not knowing shit. It's like they say, uh, the saying is like, as long as people are entertained and fed, then they're cool. They're happy. Like basically, as long as we are being entertained with something, as long as we are being fed some food, mm-hmm. then we'll just put up with shit or whatnot. And that's how it is. Like you, like you said, you have to want to know to do better. Like so, a lot of people they they probably know they're not doing well, and because shit just sucks and. Um, Shit just sucks, and they're just gonna put up with the shittiness or whatever. But you gotta want better, and a lot of people have just normalized the crappy shit that they're in. And it's easy to normalize uh, shitty things. It's easy to normalize a storm that you're going through because it's easy to do that or whatever. But people are just fine with it, and that's the problem. That's why people out here unhealthy as shit. Like, and I'm not just talking about people walking around big and fat, whatever. Because some people are just big, right? But but there's no reason you should be out there because people always use the excuse, well, the unhealthy food is cheap. Yeah, if you're a person that has a family and you're cooking for all these kids and shit, but if you're a single person with a decent job that pays well, you can afford to eat healthy. Kroger has 10 for 10 vegetables. Like, I Bruh. see all the time. All the time. I see, like, cause I see um healthy stuff all the time that doesn't cost a lot of money now the thing about it is quantities are not large that's the only thing i was in a grocery and um uh someone who i was with years ago won't name the person (laughs) put me on to this like it doesn't make no sense you get 20 pieces of chicken for eight dollars how does that make sense you Uh should 20 pieces of chicken for eight dollars and this is before all those fancy documentaries came out so but but i can go get me like Five chicken legs, probably like four dollars or something, you know, organic. The quantities are not gonna be large. And I understand wanting to have leftovers and have things to eat later on during the week, but it's just like some some of these things is common sense applied to like McDonald's. 20 pieces, I don't know the damn deal, but 20 pieces of chicken nuggets, five dollars. <laughs> I look, I'm like, what the hell? Like Word. what? Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's true because but like you can easily go get like that's why i miss having kroger because i know kroger down here in florida i miss that shit because if you really would like you can easily go and get a bunch of frozen vegetables and frozen vegetables are frozen it's not the healthiest but it's healthier it's than a lot of the shit it's the most healthy thing you can get to fresh vegetables it really is yeah like yeah so you can easily they have all those frozen vegetables that are 10 for 10 they're a dollar I can you can easily go and get a can of black beans for like 79 cents. Yes. You can go get some brown rice for a dollar. You can get like you can get brown rice for a dollar and it's like I don't know how it's it's a lot of it that uh, that you can have for weeks to be honest. 
So yep. you can get brown rice for cheap, black beans for cheap. You can go get a bunch of frozen food for cheap as well. And there you go. Like, that's cheap as hell just in that mode, to be honest. Like, no one's making you buy cheese. No one's making you buy all this cheese different is, type of cheese. To be honest, I have not seen cheap cheese. <laughs> cheese is not cheap. Especially if you want to get the, like, I buy Sargento cheese because a lot of this other cheese just says it's a cheese-like product, which right. that's not healthy at all. But yeah, you can buy like healthy shit. Like, I mean, I go to Trader Joe's and I'll get like the brown eggs and and the uh, fresh eggs and all that and uh, cage free eggs. And they have a dozen eggs of, of those for $1.69. Right. I like the brown eggs too. Yeah, I get those and shit. Like just eating healthy has just become a regular thing for me. And I thank God, like no one's making you get the fried portion of the food you can get baked or grilled yo i can honestly say when i eat fried food is when i buy it. i i do not fry i've never fried because i don't like the way my clothes smell like fried right. chicken and i it's just messy frying stuff. seriously and uh pork i do eat pork if i go out i'll get like you know like the loaded mashed potatoes i do eat pork but i do not buy it like i'll get turkey bacon but yeah. i don't buy it good but it's like I do eat um a little pork, pork. like even with my grand my grandmother came up for um Christmas. This woman brought a ham hock on the bus, a ham <coughs> hock, a ham hock wheel, and I was like, well, grandma, I was like, why don't we use a uh, we can use a turkey leg to season the meat, and she didn't want to. <laughs> so you know, like that's true. I'll be trying to get on like some of the OGs at work, like the older black men and shit. Because they just be eating whatever the fuck they wanted. They eat fried, a bunch of hot sauce, and white bread all the time. And like, white bread? Like, Who does the nigga shit? Like, you know, that's nigga shit. White bread, hot white sauce, bread. and fried food. Oh my God. That's that nigga shit right there. Niggas love some white bread and hot yes. sauce and some fried fish. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Niggas love that. But. <laughs> I be getting, like, I get on them and stuff, and so the problem is people are so insecure about their weight and their eating habits yeah. that if you just talking to them on some friend on some friend level shit, they take it as, oh, so you in shape, so you trying to talk about me for being fat. Like, no. I want you to live as long as you can. I don't want you to dig yourself for early grade. Like, don't like, and then that's when, that's how I know they feel some type of way when my homeboy was like, yeah, but I don't drink every day like you. I was like, I don't drink every day either. You think I do. But guess what, nigga? I can drink every day if I wanted to because my liver has the capacity to. Bruh, (laughs) bruh, I swear. The oxygen flow in my blood can, you know, can do that. Bruh, I I swear. Just like, I don't know, like, you know, in my family, they take a lot of medication, blood pressure, da, 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 da. And it's not even like some things are genetic, but most things that are what well, hereditary is like uh, eating eating habits. Also. Right. It's like oh, like I I I I season my food just enough, but you don't you'll season the nutrients or cook the nutrients right out of a vegetable. Yeah. It's like I just I don't know I just don't get I don't want to be taking a bunch of medications when I get older. Man. I want to. I want to, number one, I want to feel good. I want to look good. It's just, I don't want to dig myself into an early grave. Just And you can just make small steps, too. Like, reading the nutrition label, seriously. Like, I look for sodium. Sodium. For that's the, that's, you got to look at sodium, yo. <laughs> I look yeah. at all of that. And it's just small changes. It's nothing drastic. Like, 
I know um, I was talking to my friend about this. I do have to do better with like physical exercise. I do know that. But in the meantime, I have cut down on sweets tremendously. I will say that. Um, That's half the battle. Right. I went to the dentist this week, so I'm really done with candy. I I literally threw away some candy. So I'm really, <laughs> I, I think I'm cold turkey on that, to be honest. I don't even be craving it like that, honestly. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, small changes. Yeah, like I mean, a lot of that is it, small changes. You can start with the your your eating habits or whatnot. Like that's, I don't think it's that difficult to start with your eating habits. Like buy whole wheat bread instead of white bread. Like that it's too. whole wheat bread, coffee. Oh my god, I kill coffee. Will I like, never big been donut, big on coffee? I had to cut it out because that makes you gain like almost every day. We I get like a coffee and a donut or a coffee, and I get like cream and sugar. Can't. Can't really, yes, yeah. I've never been big on coffee or uh, I love donuts, but I, I just easily give that up. Like, people bring donuts into work, I just don't get them. But yeah, it's like it's small habits, like, start off small, just do small things and whatnot. But also, go for a walk, like, go for a walk and shit. Like, it's you, you, like, anything worth having is worth sacrificing for.